Hello again, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, moms and dads, boys and girls. You're in the uh, Independence Day chatterbox here on uh, the chatterbox podcast. Colleen, this is as unscripted as we've ever been. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Remember, Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're gathering early on Independence Day, July 4th, 2022, Colleen. We are. And when you when you mentioned before the prayer about this is the most unscripted one yet, I thought, thank goodness we have scripted prayers. We just went right into an Our Father and a Memorare. So thank, that's all that's been scripted today, I think. And for this is episode 50. And for those of you who have listened to the previous 49, yes, there was some scripting going on. <laughs> Well, and some good news. I do want to report some good news. The last two episodes of The Chatter, we had Art Galoon with us, a a local attorney, updating us on what was going on um, with some pro-life legislation, including the um, Iowa Supreme Court overturning um, the previous Supreme Court that said, um, and basically confirming there is no right to abortion in the Iowa Constitution. So he was on that time. And then the next time to discuss um, Roe v. Wade falling with the Dobbs decision. And um, I do have to report not a single vandalism against Dubuque County Right to Life or the Clarity Clinic because we were kind of worried about that. So I, that's a little praise report right there. Well, praise to God. Yeah. Praise yes, to God. Absolutely. Should so. introduce Mark Hager's back here in the chatterbox. Good morning and happy 4th of July, everybody, and God bless America. We're glad you came back here. I all of a sudden looked, and you're gone, and Colleen <laughs> said, he can't see. He went out for glasses here, and you're back. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and and not you... glasses of beer either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe later. Uh, but back to the uh, blessings of Almighty God on us here with, with the protection of, um, with, with these decisions, I can't believe the uh, vitriol of of the people who believe they have a right to kill children it, it is just still amazing to me it is hard to believe that people are upset that they can't kill their babies and here's the thing they can still kill their babies right yeah. just because yeah. roe v wade was overturned right. it goes back to the states and some states have said that they are going to be abortion havens um, so it, or sanctuaries, it's, yeah, whatever they're. California gonna... wants to be. Did you see that, Mark? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Newsom, yeah. It's it, you know it's it. I mean, how ironic is it that living people want to kill their their babies? I mean, your mother gave you a life for a reason. Yeah. You know? he, yeah. Yeah. And, and how many companies are willing to help? Right. Their employees. Yeah. What's the latest count on that, Mark? You and I were exchanging emails about 72 hours ago. There's got to be 60-some businesses in the country that have chosen to not only pay their employees. 56, is that what you got there, Colleen? This story has 56 companies announced abortion perks. Abortion <laughs> perks. 
Oh. Um, and that date line is June 27th. So there could be some more added. So we're about seven to... days out, and we're 56, bearing down on 60 companies that will pay you to cross state lines. They'll pay for your abortion. They'll pay for your transportation. They'll pay for your, your lodging. Uh, presumably, they're going to pay you your working wage, your hourly wage, whatever, mm-hmm. so they can do that here. And, and really, it's, they don't care anything about uh, women or children. They care nothing, obviously, if that's their stance. But here's the thing. From a business perspective, they're just looking at the bottom line. Way cheaper to pay for someone to go kill their child than to pay for maternity leave, than to pay for adding someone on the insurance company. I mean, way cheaper in the long run. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. And I'm going to lead up to something on this, Mark, here. How can it be that you're killing your future customers? It makes no sense. It doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. So, so, it just hit the um, terrible herald last week that they've pulled out of Dubuque's airport. American Airlines, yes? Yes, they Pulled out here. What was the reason given? Well, they said pilot shortage. Pilot shortage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last time I checked, pilots are human beings. So, since Roe, I keep saying 50 years, but Art was... being an attorney, it's 49 years, right? It is. 65 million people. Yep. So over, uh, let's round it up, 50 years. If you take those 65 million people, and that's a small number, an incorrect number because of the yep. uncounted yep. abortions with chemicals and yes. all of that other stuff going yes. on. So if you take that 59 years, those people that are, are uh, been aborted in the last 20 years, let's subtract them, because where I'm going with this is the workforce. Mm-hmm. 20, let's just say they're still in school. They're At 20 years, you're just emerging into the workforce. If you're 21 or more going on to the 50 years here, so that's roughly 60% of the 50 years. Right, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So... Just do some short math here. Six times six is 36 million people who are not in the workforce right now. You have aborted 36 million Americans who could be flying airplanes. Look at, look at, just go to anywhere here in the Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Everybody has, everybody has a help. I have not seen one sign that says need not apply. No, it's everybody. All help wanted. Everybody is help wanted. There are 36 million Americans who have been aborted, who are not contributing to the. Not that this is utilitarian society where you're plugging into the economy, but taxes aren't being paid, roads aren't being repaired, airplanes aren't being flown, omelets aren't being cracked, and more babies aren't being born. And men are not marrying women, and families are not being started because... Yeah. He, Mark just touched on something that I had considered, but go back there. More babies aren't being born. So if, if you were in that same 20-plus right. to 50, yeah. how many, how many uh, babies should be reasonably expected because of marriages, Colleen? You're... you're you know, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm it's not be... only losing them out of the workforce, it's losing them out of the life cycle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then to think that some of these companies are like Johnson and Johnson, you know, they specialize in baby products. Mm-hmm. 
back to your question of why why would you abort your future uh, customers? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, but I, I think people think that now abortion is outlawed in this country, and it's not no. sadly. But the fight becomes local, and that's where we want it. I mean, we Roe, want it to be over. But Roe was not the uh, war; it was it was the battle. It was the uh, shot heard round the world. It was. Did you see the Brazilian president said that he was very glad to see that decision? Tucker was talking to him uh, down in Brazil wow. recently, and he's, he said he was happy to see that decision. And, you know, America has, uh, for sure America has done many wonderful things and has exported many beautiful things. But unfortunately, we've also uh, set the tone for abortion around the world. However, I have to say you know, abortion law in America is as extreme as the abortion law in China and North Korea. Um, you know, um, the pro-aborts are screaming because we can't kill our babies. Even Europe says use most of the um, Western Europe countries limit it at 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Even they were not as extreme as, as no, America. America is one of the top three. Oh, uh, my gosh. One uh, of the worst. Worst human human rights. And, and go ahead. I was just going to say, and it's funny to listen to some of these people complaining now how the court has been politicized. Everything they say about the court and they complain applies to the court back in 1973. That was the politicized court. There was no right to abortion back there when they said it was. The unicorn doctrine. We see a horse with a horn on it here. It's in the Constitution. Here, here's the, uh, the real... Uh, one of the real um, impacts of Roe, though, is in f- 49 years, there's at least two generations, two and a half, three generations of people who have grown up being educated in, in um, trying to pick the right word here, the fallacy that abortion is a right. Yeah. And now having taken it apart, I mean, the, the lack of critical thinking in our in our schools, in our families. So it isn't just the, um, the Generation Z or X or whatever that are out protesting now. It's their parents who have allowed them to be raised thinking that there is some kind of right to killing children. And in some instances, it's their grandmothers out here. So there's, there's two or three generations who have been um, told the lie, and it is a lie, mm-hmm. that this exists and it's going to be an uphill battle to change hearts and change minds uh, along the way here well because it's what you're talking about is challenging the conventional wisdom because the conventional wisdom is things that people think without really critically thinking thinking Thinking. it's what they think without thinking so, for example, um, especially around this issue, people think conventional wisdom is, well, the more contraception, the fewer abortions. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the opposite. The right. more contraception, the more abortions. Every nation that has legalized contraception has gone on to legalize abortion. And even the United States Supreme Court in the Casey decision, Casey v. Planned Parenthood back in 92, even the Supreme Court said, this country has to have abortion because we have contraception. And mm-hmm. we need it for when contraception fails. So the conventional wisdom is put more women on birth control and you'll reduce the number of abortions. And in fact, the opposite happens. More people on birth control think, well, I'm not going to get pregnant. 
So then they engage in risky behavior. Um, and look at Planned Parenthood. They, mm. The condoms they give out, they have the worst failure rate of all. Wonder why that is. Right? Because yeah. it'd be bad for business if they worked. So some of that conventional wisdom does need to be challenged. And you're right. It's not only by the uh, millennials now, but it's their parents and their grandparents that just don't think critically about it. And they just believe what the media tells them. But the other aspect, think about this from, from a sinful sinful act of what you're doing. You're committing mortal sin when you're not in a relationship, married, and trying to have a family. Well, these people yeah. have a get-out-of-jail mortal sin card, don't they? They must have. Because, because they don't, They, if, if you're talking, I, I briefly mentioned to you on the way into the studio, Mark, uh, The we're talking here on the uh, Independence Day, Monday the 4th, but there's been all kinds of barbecues and get-togethers here, and I am just appalled at family, friends, and acquaintances that the way they dress, the way they politically pronounce uh, ideology, uh, they they have no moral compass. No, oh, they, yeah. this is not murder in their mind. This yeah. is their right. Right. But you're right, Mark, and I think you bring up a good point about the sinfulness of it because we're a Catholic radio station, right? So you hear a lot of the world talking about rights, and um, but what about the moral? What about the sin of it? What about the salvation of souls? And was it Pope Leo the Thirteenth that said, "I'm sick of hearing about the rights of man. What about the rights of God?" Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that is something that we can add to the conversation as Catholics. Right? Is um, we care about the salvation of souls. Not that we're judging anybody or where they're going to end up, but we can certainly see the road people are on and say, wait a minute, turn around before it's too late. Too late, yeah. yeah hit that pedal on the left. It's called the brake. Yeah. Pump it hard. Yeah. It's, it's just... And unfortunately, we've <clears throat> seen a number, and, and I've seen uh, a few more than uh, just around here, but people that t- we've tried to talk to, and they say, you don't need to talk to me about it. I, I, I have plenty of time to live. I will wait. And like you said, you missed a two-minute warning. I'm sorry. It's too late. Just, you know? just crazy. And, and we pray for those souls. We do. We entrust them to God's mercy. Absolutely. Think about a nation, though, that kills 65 million of its children. That, that we know of, I, I, I hesitate to guess what it is of the uncharted uh, abortions, the chemical abortions, the, the off-the-meter off the abortions. The birth control pill? Yeah, the, the birth control pill. It's easily double that. Oh, my goodness. Easily. Easily double that. Easily here. double. But think about a country that does that and then at the same time funds human cloning. Think about that for a moment. And when you talked about giving due to what God is, what is God first and foremost? He is the God of creation. Mm-hmm. He is the God who creates life. And we have, we have now stolen his month, dedicated to him in the sacred heart of Jesus. We've, we've flaunted it by calling it Pride Month, which is one of the seven, seven deadly, deadly sins. sins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We now, we now have said, you might be the creator, but I'm going to decide if this is alive, and I'll kill it. 
or I'll contracept it mm-hmm. because I'm God now. You're not God anymore. I'm God now. And further, we're going to have designer babies. We'll clone myself here. We'll, we'll spend millions of dollars to do that. Mm-hmm. Abortion, or, or, uh, very little. How much adoption is going on anymore? Uh, I, I still hear there are, there are couples that are, are uh, eagerly waiting, patiently waiting for adoption. I thought I read something the other day. There were 63,000 couples on that. I think that's the number that... Well, Art What'd had, you see? Art had mentioned last week that there's 2, 000, 2 million couples waiting to okay, adopt. Okay, so there's 2 a, million. So there's a million abortions a year in this country and 2 million couples waiting to adopt. So that, that uh, slogan, every child a wanted child? Yeah, every child is a wanted child. By two more couples. By at least two more couples out there, yep. But I was reading something just scanning headlines and, and first and second paragraphs in the last week that talked about the stigma of adoption. Mm-hmm. The, stigma, the stigma, well, look at here. There he mm-hmm. is in the stigma that says a young woman giving her child up for adoption, the stigma of doing that, as compared to the stigma of killing your child. Is, is mm-hmm. this the craziness of backward, all times? Just It's backward, upside down. But I'll tell you, a lot of young girls who are pregnant um, do not want to consider adoption. Because? Because they have in their mind the idea that whoever adopts their child is going to abuse them. And I, I oh, always really? say, that's not true. That is not true. You must have watched one bad movie that had that as the plot line, but that is not true. Mm, abuse. Yeah. You're in the Chatterbox with Mark Hager and Colleen Pasnick. We're recording on the day of independence, July 4th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. And we're at the end of segment one. We'll be right back after these messages. This is the Chatter Podcast. You hear it on FM 98.3 KCRD. I think I've got it down, Colleen. Saturdays at 1 p.m., Sundays at 6 p.m., and then another encore on Friday at 1 p.m. here on FM 98.3 KCRD. And uh, always uh, coming on demand in the uh, KCRD mobile app. This is going to be an exciting uh, uh, release here, Mark, later later this year as we release version two of the KCRD mobile app. So awesome. We'll uh, be going there. Anyway, we were talking about uh, the joyous times and the sad times associated with, um, with the overturning of Roe and the battle goes on here at the state houses. Iowa constitutions being uh, finally clarified. Mm-hmm. There is no constitutional right to an abortion in the state of Iowa or in these 50 United States but the state houses are coming back here so mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think I thought this was going to happen in my lifetime to see Roe overturned what about you Mark did you uh... we pray about it every day mm-hmm. and leave it to the good Lord to mm-hmm. guide us and put the right people in place and and he's done it so mm-hmm. you know thank God 
Yeah, but especially these last two years when it just seems like things have gotten worse exponentially. And like It's like speeding up exponentially bad. Yeah. I never thought it would be overturned. So what a joyful moment. Right. Well, the other thing, just before I forget, too, and I don't know if you guys saw that uh, uh, Kagan had come out with a statement and no, basically, said, basically said, we made a bad decision, and she's not allowed to say that. That's you as a Supreme Court justice, you can't come out and have your own opinions and verbally say that. You, what was the context? She made a bad decision on what? On, on the Dobbs, on the Roe versus Wade. She mm. was one of the she, three dissenters. Yes, and and she said, "I disagree with you know." Well, well she would have said it in her dissenting. Uh, well, right. yeah, but publicly, it's they're not allowed to come out and voice their own opinion, like you know. Mm. Well, and I'm kind of scandalized, really, by what the president has has said about this court and how many, like the governor of New York, were just ignoring it. I, I'm kind mm-hmm. of scandalized by that. Aren't we a, a country of laws? Um, what would have happened if back in 1973 people said, we're just not following that ruling? I, I, I'm really kind of scandalized by how many people in positions of authority have said, we're ignoring the Supreme Court. Well, uh, from congressmen to senators to um, to, the to the president, yeah. uh, you know, this is this is uh, oh well, you know, w- words defy us here. Let's let's get to um, the point, though. I'd like to take credit for this, Mark, but I think Colleen was um, silently uh, saying this for three or four weeks, and in, in the last two weeks, she's uh, made a very clear-cut case for the total consecration to Jesus through Mary. And there are several of these, but uh, the one according to St. Louis de Montfort is uh, your favorite, Colleen. Talk about this. You've been, you've yeah. been behind this for a month. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the most well-known consecration um, system that um, people have used for hundreds of years to consecrate themselves to Jesus through Mary. It's a beautiful thing. And just to kind of segue from our earlier conversation about the state of the world, the first section of this, the first period of this consecration is renouncing the world. And boy, so am I get, ever happy to renounce the world right now in well, many we get, cases. we got two things here. The renouncing of the world and the concept of consecration. For those who are not quite familiar to it, how would we explain consecration uh, to Jesus, but through his mother. So the way that I like to imagine consecration and to picture consecration is this. If you remember in the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, when Mary visits Elizabeth, uh, uh, and Elizabeth says, how is it that my Lord should, mother of my Lord should visit me? Mm-hmm. Mary responds with a prayer that's called the Magnificat. Right. And her first sentence is, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mm-hmm. My soul magnifies the Lord. That's why it's called the Magnificat. So, and I, I never knew what that meant. I'm like, what does that mean? So I looked up the word magnify because I'm kind of dense. So I looked up the word magnify. Now think about a magnifying glass. When you use a magnifying glass, when you look through that glass, what's on the other side is bigger, mm-hmm. right? My grandma had one of those big magnifying paper, like page size <laughs> magnifying yep, yep. glasses straight to read the page. So when you look on the other side, the object on the other side is bigger. You can see it more clearly, 
right? So Mary magnifies Jesus and the Lord. When we go through Mary, we can see God more clearly. We can, um, he's more visible to us. Sure. Right? She magnifies the Lord. But the flip side is also true because I know you all have done this because you're boys, right? <laughs> I know you all did this as a child. You took a magnifying glass and a piece of grass. And started a fire. Right? <laughs> exactly. Right. And now I know yeah. maybe you also should have done ants, but <laughs> I'm just going to stick with a piece of grass. Um, because what happened, that magnifying glass took the power of the sun and it focused it laser beam like that you could burn a hole in the grass. Mm -hmm. So when we go through Mary, her soul intensifies our prayers. They become more powerful as they approach God, right? And so I think, well, who wouldn't want their prayers more powerful and intensified as they approach God? And who wouldn't want to see God more clearly? So is the consecration necessary? No, not strictly. But... Who wouldn't want that? I think there's another aspect to that, Colleen, Go. is because you know this is something that prayer of uh, the Magnificat would be in uh, the first chapter of Luke. But another characteristic of a magnifier of a magnifying glass is its transparency. You do not see the glass. So many people have a problem with our Blessed Mother that we're paying attention to her and not and not to Christ. But nothing could be further from the truth and she makes that when she says my soul magnifies the Lord, she becomes the most humble of creatures and saying that you are looking through me and not seeing me. You are seeing Christ through this consecration. Perfect analogies. Right? I got goosebumps. Yeah. That's an awesome insight, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Awesome insight. It really is. Both of them. So this is, there, Mary is the most humble creature, and she is a creature. She is not a deity. She's the sinless virgin, born without sin, ever virgin, ever without sin. Every moment and she's still alive, is dedicated to calling people to see her son by looking at her. In that, in all, we, we, every, we want all of our governments to be transparent. Mm -hmm. we, want, we want all of our investigations to be transparent. And she, the Virgin, is the most transparent model we could ever have. She has no ego. She has no ego. And and you're right in saying that she is the most humble of all creatures because what is true humility? It's not making yourself more or less no. than what you are, just acknowledging what you are. And she is the mother of God, mm -hmm. not by any of her own merit, but because God chose her. Exactly. Right, but I love that idea, though, that she is, a magnifying glass is clear. You don't, your object is not to, the magnifying glass, your object is what's on the other side of the magnifying correct, glass. Correct. So that is that is beautiful. Yep. Good job. Yeah. So anyway, that's what consecrate or that that's the concept of consecration. Now let's go to this uh, this has got me going here. 
and, and it's not even day one, Colleen. It's the renunci- This is the introduction to the 33 days, the renunciation of the world. Pick that up. Yeah, so uh, the consecration is broken down into different sections. And the first period is the introductory period. And during those 12 days, you focus on renouncing the world. Um, uh, the later periods, we'll talk about other things. Hit pause there for a minute. We, we left a piece of this out here, Mark. Mm-hmm. The reason we're talking about this is we're going to do the consecration. I'm just going to say live. We're going to do a recording of the consecration. Are we set to do that? Are we committing engineers to 612-612? I hope so. Okay, so... So explain what that means. What, All right, six, so six, so these consecra- there's 33 days of prayer leading up to, we're going to begin, Colleen, can you give us the dates here because we're going to do it on the... Uh, yep, we're going to start on July 13th will we, be day one, which, which is, is a, a Wednesday. A Wednesday, and we mm-hmm. conclude when? We'll conclude on August 14th, which is the day before the Assumption, because you always end your consecration the day before a Marian feast day, because then on the feast day you just party. Okay, so the assumption of our Blessed Virgin for those who don't know or have forgotten, the assumption is the day that Mary was assumed by the power of God, by not her power, by the power of God, body and soul, into heaven, which is the August the 15th. Mm -hmm, That's right. So this consecration, the 33 days, before that is July 13th through August 14th, and we're going to broadcast this. Our engineers don't know this yet here, so if they're listening now, now they do. <laughs> we're going to we're going to do this every six hours, beginning at six o'clock in the morning, at twelve o'clock high noon, six p.m. in the late afternoon, and then again at at midnight the 12th hour here. So 6-12-6-12. And this prayer, these these uh, prayers, and hopefully some of these are going to be sung, sung. prayers. Um, so our singers who are hearing this for the first time are going to say, oh, I guess we are singing here. So we're, we're, we're just telling everybody, Mark, the engineers and the singers, you're forewarned. Now. And our prayer partners. And our prayer partners. <laughs> here. Yeah. Becky, if you're listening, you're in here, Liz, Becky, Brad. We're, go- we're going to do that. So we're going to begin here the consecration on, is that a Wednesday, the July mm-hmm. 13th, mm-hmm. coming up very quickly. And I think just to clarify, in case there's any confusion, it would be the same consecration prayers at each of those hours. So if you miss the 6 a.m., oh, you point. could still catch it at noon. Or if you only get part of it at 6, you can get, it's the same prayers, but just repeated. So the beginning, the first, will begin the next day at 6 a.m., mm-hmm. correct? Yes, yes. Okay. So if you contrary to Jewish sundown, yes, yes. So if you if you can't listen for the whole, we we are assuming it's going to be about a half hour. We're guessing, estimating the time, but um, if you can't listen to the whole consecration prayer, you can hop on uh, at one of the other times during that day. That it's that's okay. Prayed. So we got about four or five minutes left here, Colleen. We've we've set it up when we're going to do it, why we're doing it, what a consecration is. But let's let's go deeper on why we're doing this and tie it into the renunciation of the world here. Yeah, so the first period uh, deals with the renunciation of the world. It's 12 days long, and during those first 12 days, we focus on renouncing the world. 
And um, an easy way to that a lot of people remember this is um, the world, the flesh, and the devil. So mm-hmm. those are the three things that we're going to focus on in this first period of renouncing. So when we think about that in today, in 2022, what does it mean to renounce the world? Um, we really need to start looking at um, do we do we focus too much on the world? Do we focus too much on human respect? What do other people think? Do we buy into the lies that the world tells us? Um, are we too focused on money? Um, we want to renounce those things in the world for 12 days. And just as Christ did when he was tempted, we always hear this uh, the first Sunday after of Lent after Ash Wednesday, right, where the temptation, mm-hmm. where Christ is headed to the, and so it, the, the three temptations were turn these stones into bread, mm-hmm. uh, look at the, all of the kingdoms and worship me, mm-hmm. and I will give all these kingdoms to you, and mm-hmm. then the third temptation was to uh, throw down himself from the temple. From the temple, and the angels will do it. So that's the world, the flesh, mm-hmm. uh, the devil, mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah, so in the next couple periods, and I think maybe we'll just talk about them as they as they come up instead of trying to give too much information at the beginning, but um, we really hope that our listeners join us in this consecration. We have books here. We have a good supply, and if we need more, we will, we will get more, but mm-hmm. they are beautifully bound in a blue uh, leather type, um, and it's about a, the half-page book, Total Consecration to Jesus through Mary, the 33-day prayer and meditation according to St. Louis de Montfort. Colleen, you say it in French much nicer than I. Yeah, we were talking before we started recording about how you actually pronounce his name, and I said, well, you know, we Irish Germans in Dubuque say St. Louis de Montfort, and I'm sure in French it's probably something like St. Louis de Montfort. There we are. So this is a publication of uh, tan books. We have... uh, couple boxes here we've given out uh, three or five dozen of these already but uh, we have more left if we need more we will get so so how do you do that area code 563-231-3545 231-3545 just leave a voicemail and say colleen i need total consecration books now if you've got some friends and you want to get a book for them let us know Mark, mm-hmm. you've been giving a bunch out to the Knights of Columbus. Right, more to come. Yeah, more, to, so. more to come yeah, here. Yeah. Now, uh, also an email, info at kcrd-fm.org, info, kcrd-info.com with a subject line that talks about consecration. We'll get these books to you. Um, where We'll mail them to you or we'll get them over that can be uh, picked up someplace at mm-hmm. uh, one of the offices. I know some people out there have done the uh, Father Gately's. That's a good one. 33 Days to Morning Glory. I know lots of people in the area have done that one. I will be honest, this one by St. Louis de Montfort is longer as far as the prayers go. So every day it's a it's a greater prayer commitment mm-hmm. of time. But be generous with the Lord. We are in a time when we really need to focus on God and consecrating ourselves. It's only for 33 days, folks. Um, After you do the consecration, there's a very short daily renewal you can make. It takes less than 30 seconds. But I would just encourage everyone, let's just go the extra mile for um, God and through Our Lady walking with her. Um, We will not regret it. And in 33 days, we will be having a 
we need to do something. Now, now I'm doing an unscripted on Tom. I think on August 15th, maybe KCRD needs to take a, maybe a bus to Our Lady of Guadalupe or some sort of party celebration. Well, I tell you what, that we have had, it's interesting that you mentioned that, we've had a bunch of requests to go up to the Shrine in La Crosse. So that and, could be uh, the gift to Our so Lady. So we're trying to figure out how to do a caravan of such and when to do it here. So we're going to talk more about that. We're bumping up on the edge of uh, segment two. This is the 50th episode of the Chatterbox. And when we come back, Colleen, I think we ought to talk more about uh, doing something for Our Lady. And I think we've got a question here that just came in. I've already consecrated myself. What should I do here? We'll be right, right after these announcements. You're listening to The Chatterbox, and you are now officially inside The Chatterbox here. Mark Hager in our 50th episode, Colleen. There we go. There we go. We left off talking about our um, consecration, St. Louis de Montfort, and there are several consecrations. There are several ones, and we mentioned in the last segment that a lot of people might be familiar with uh, Father Michael Gately's 33 Days to Morning Glory. Um, but this uh, St. Louis de Montfort is... Uh, is a pretty old safe, one. Safe to say, Mark, Colleen has never met a consecration she did not like. <laughs> but her favorite is the 33 Days with St. Louis de Montfort. And and he is such a fascinating man. If you have not ever read his life story, you really need to, to read it. I'm trying to think of the guy that wrote his biography, um, and I can't think of it now. It's not a very thick book but i mean that guy was on fire and the only story that i really remember from the book was saint louis de montfort had all the people in a certain village all excited and on fire for our lord and they were going to build a mountain to put a cross on top of Mm -hmm. it so they they built a mountain this is in the days before uh, power equipment right so shovel by shovel they built a mountain so they could put a cross on top Mm-hmm. And they had finished, and the bishop came up. I did not approve this mountain. Put it back. <laughs> oh, really? So all the people were like, "We don't want to put it back." What do you mean, put it back? Saint Louis de Montfort, put it back. That's okay. That's the story that left my jaw dropping. But that's the kind of excitement and fervor that he could instill in people that they would. But shovel by shovel, build a mountain, and then when he um, was told, you shouldn't have done that, you didn't get my permission, he said, tear it down. So what a humble person, right? Talk about um, detachment. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Talk about detachment. Wow. Wow. He's a great guy. (laughs) I don't know where we go from there in the conversation. Well, (laughs) I kind of feel... I don't know about that bishop. (laughs) Well, but we're not asking anybody to build a mountain right now, right? We're asking for people to join us in this 33 days. So we got a question coming in here. I think I've done the consecration before. I don't know if it was St. Louis or St. Michael Gately's or there's several of them out there. Should I consecrate again? Why should I consecrate again? What are you telling me? I'm already done. You know what I would say? I would say, if you love Our Lady and if you love Our Lord, you might want to renew that every year, right? Just do it again. Why is that so important, Mark? Well, put this in another context. Why do you go to church every week? Why do you receive communion every week? Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you, you know, I, I did it once. Why do I need it again? Right. We all need more blessings. 
we all need his presence more in our life. I'm going to throw another one at you here, so I'll embarrass her. Tomorrow, Colleen's anniversary, Colleen and Bill married 40... 31. 31. Just... What 31 happy years. 31 happy years. <laughs> Mark, you and, and Donna coming up on 47. 47, just celebrated that. And uh, end of this month, my bride will be, uh, and I think she's going to make it, 40 years. 40 years. On the 31st here. What if you just told Donna and Bill 31 years ago and 47 years ago, hey, I'm really devoted to you. I really love you. How would that go? Like a lead balloon, as yeah, the saying goes, exactly. right? Yeah. Is it applicable yeah. here with our blessed Lord and his, his immaculate heart of Mary? A hundred times more hundred, applicable. Yeah, exactly. Plus, yeah. what did we just talk about? That first period is the renouncing the world. world. And boy, I'll tell you what, we are just swimming in a sewer of this world. And so every year, in my opinion, every year we should redo the consecration just to get some of that world stuff off of us and refocus. And I think it's awfully important because the the uh, the world is all over. I mean, you can't get away from it here. No. I mean, we talked about <laughs> modesty or immodesty in dress, um, television. Although I, I'm seeing an increasing number of of particularly Catholics that are either not watching television or ripping their televisions out. But it's pretty tough then too. The second big deal here, or maybe the number one big deal, is the phones. Oh. Yeah. yeah, but it's interesting what you had talked about earlier. I, I just thought of a conversation that Eileen Trimble and Melissa and I had at the uh, hmm. St. Anthony's the other day. And Eileen said almost verbatim what you said. She said, you know what, I even hate to go outside anymore. I I don't watch TV. I don't. There's nothing good on. There's nothing good about what's going on outside because we talked about the whether it's the tattoos all over everybody their their nose rings and everything else that's going on basically wearing nothing i mean it's just especially in the summer and you know whatever it's just and it was interesting that she said the same thing it was mm-hmm. just like yeah just stay home you know you know i think a lot yeah. of people feel that i mean we've expressed it amongst ourselves how we feel like that and and you've had other conversations like you just related but i think a lot of people out there feel the same way, see the same things, and either they don't say anything because, well, people will tell them they're judging, or they think that they're the only one that feels that way. Yeah. So I hope anyone that has similar feelings as to what we're just talking about now is a little bit consoled by, you're not alone. A lot of people look around the world and see um, more barbarians than Christians. It's a good word. Well, we're certainly in a post-Christian world. We're yeah. definitely in a post-Christian Neo-pagan, world. human secularist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is another reason yeah. to do the consecration. We really need to, in this day and age, we really need to focus our minds and our thoughts on our, on our Lord and, um, and growing in holiness. And the other thing we mentioned earlier before we started the show was the, um, the suicide rate because of all the transgender oh. stuff that's going on and things like that. So we pray for those people. Do not let your kids, children, anybody anybody that you know, go through that. Because the suicide rate for those people that are starting to change genders and stuff is astronomical. And mm. it's, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it, we just. So 
So this is a, a total consecration, a personal consecration to our blessed Lord by way of his uh, blessed mother, Colleen. But, you know, Mark really hits a nerve again this week mm-hmm. with this transaction. What, what, how can we leverage this consecration not only to consecrate ourselves, but if you're a parent or a brother or a son, a neighbor, you know, what can we do to help? This consecration is going to have an impact on, on your neighborhood. It will. It will definitely have an impact, a spiritual impact. Um, it will console those who are saying it. Um, we will refocus our eyes on Christ. I mean, like when you're in sports, you keep your eye on the ball. When you get distracted by the transgender stuff and everything going around, you start to sink. Uh, just like Peter did with the with the waves. But as you go through this consecration and say these prayers, we include in our intentions, in our hearts, all those who have been misled um, either by the transgender ideology or by the world, the flesh, or the devil. Um, not only how we have been misled um, ourselves, but our family, our loved ones, and, and we pray and intercede that God will... Um, enlighten all of us to come back to to him through his mother and we were talking about uh, mark that those issues those those post judeo-christian issues coming up here and and of course the the red flag goes up well you're judging talk about the difference between judging and judgments and condemnation condemnation is my feelings toward that person what he's doing and stuff okay judging is is then putting putting my judgment on him or her and for whatever they're doing which is not i'm not allowed to do that okay jesus told us don't be judging others okay but you can condemn the act not the person you don't you don't ever judge a person you know whatever they're doing however they're doing it it's it's our job is to pray for them to, to ask the Holy Spirit to change their mind, to change them. And you, you, have, to, you have to make a, uh, a value judgment, yay? Right. Yes. We do all the time. Yeah. yeah. We do all the time. Yeah. It's, it's a fair ball. It's a foul ball. Yeah. It's, yeah. Right. Our job is not to condemn, Our, nor right. judge. And I think part of the word condemn, it, it almost implies you're going to hell. Okay, right. we don't right. know where the final, where everyone's going to end up. And the final analysis, right. mm-hmm. not even ourselves, yeah, we don't exactly. know, right? Yeah. But we do know that certain paths lead to destruction. Correct. We do know that. Um, just like if I were to get on Highway 80 and I intend to go to Los Angeles, if I jumped on Interstate 80 and headed east, I would not get there. You would say, if you want to get to L.A., you need to turn around. It's not a judgment. It's just a fact. Right. right? Yep. So we do need to let people know, don't stay on that path. It's not going to get you where you want to go. Yeah. And it's yeah. Uh, and we have that obligation. Yes, we do. We, we have that obligation. Charity. Yes. True charity. Um, we'll tell people, turn. God allows you turns, right? Turn around, right? It's not too late. Turn around. And all of this plays into then the importance and the timeliness of this um, consecration here because we... We need to become a holy people, a nation set apart, a light to the nations. Absolutely. And the other thing I think the reason it's so important right now is we have seen, as we just talked about, the Dobbs decision overturning you know, 
abortion um, in the country. But we've also seen some other really good decisions, not only in the state of Iowa saying, you know, there's no right to abortion in the Constitution, but we just saw also that the Supreme Court said that football coach can kneel and pray. Right? Didn't see that coming. Didn't see that one coming either. So I feel like there's this momentum going in a good direction, a godly direction, a Christian value direction. And if we can add our prayers to it, I think we will help that momentum keep going in that direction. A resurgence of the truth. Uh, the, the light shined upon a, a particular issue. The truth is, is difficult to hide. And the courage of justices to speak to say there is no constitutional right to killing people, mm-hmm. that, uh, that a uh, football coach has the right to pray where and when he wants to. Yep, yeah. and if we're going to bring the light of Christ to this country, if we can, if we can add a battery to that light by mm-hmm. saying this consecration, we need to add our battery to that light. Yep. So we talked about the, um, the beginning dates, the ending dates, the mm-hmm. consecration of the world. What are we leaving out here in those mm-hmm. first 12 days, 13 days? Well, um, I'm not exactly sure, but just to recap, in case someone wasn't here for the last segment, we will, um, we will start on July 13th. And we will repeat the prayers for day one. We'll start it at 6 a.m., then they'll be repeated at noon, at 6 p.m., and at midnight. So you can hop in on any of those times to get uh, the consecration prayers done. And, and I have to admit, lately it's easier for me to pray if I have someone on um, usually YouTube leading the prayer and mm-hmm. I follow along with my heart. I don't know mm-hmm. why it's been easier for me just now, but so that might be for our listeners. They might find it easier to pray if they can tune in, follow along the prayers, and pray them with their heart. And then we will end on August fourteenth, and um, Tom is gonna Tom is gonna take us all up to Our Lady Guadalupe Shrine <laughs> in his airstream. In the airstream, <laughs> I love that. Would that be fun? <laughs> oh, I think it would. I think it would. Uh-huh. So we hope lots of people can can join us and add their batteries to the light. So keep uh, listening for more details here. If you need some of the consecration books, let us know. Info at kcrd-fm.org. By telephone, our uh, our voicemail. This you'll get a voicemail. Leave a message at five six three two three one three five four five. That's two three one three five four five, and just say hey. We need uh, consecration books, and we'll we'll get them to you somehow. Uh, the other thing I'd just like to bring up, I just thought about this. If somebody wants me to take some to the Power of Prayer Chapel, just let let you know. Oh, I I'll put a sticky note on it with their name on it and leave it at the. Uh, well, that's a good uh, idea because I took eight idea. of them over the other night. They were gone before the hour was over. Wow, wow. that's awesome. So. Yeah. I forget. So, what a great idea. Yeah, I think there's a hunger for it, and so couples pray this together. Parents, pray this with your children. You know, a very touching um, tradition is to consecrate your children to Our Lady on the day that they're baptized. Mm -hmm. I know Father Parker used to do that. He would baptize, and then he would take that child over to the statue of Mary and consecrate that child to Mary. So, again, the idea of consecration to Jesus, but through Mary, that magnifying glass. Beautiful one. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, we got a couple minutes left. Let's talk about uh, the new priests that, I shouldn't say the new priest, new priest assignments. We do have one new priest, uh, 
our good friend, Father Ben Valentine, who is uh, headed out to the uh, hobo capital of the world. Hobo capital, Winnebago City, out there, Forest City, yeah. Probably about the farthest away from Dubuque that you can get, but what a holy young priest. I, I look forward to watching his priesthood as it unfolds. And um, some priests uh, in in the uh, area, Father Gross is headed just south of town, I think, at Bellevue. Is that correct? Yeah, that yeah. is correct. And yeah, yeah that's, we're getting some great, great priests in the area. Um, in Dubuque here, Father Dellert's coming back home. He's a Dubuquer. He'll be at the... I didn't realize uh, he was a Dubuquer here. I yeah. was snoozing at the wheel there. He's going yeah. to where now? He's Saint, going to St. Saint Saint Joe, Joe the Worker. Worker. And the, uh, some of the Knights of Columbus are going to step up. Uh, he's moving in next uh, Monday, July 11th. So a week from and, today. Uh, so a week uh, from today. We're going to meet him over there mid-afternoon on Monday and help him get moved in. At St. Joseph. Right. Yeah. What was it? Was it six years ago already that we packed him up and moved him out there? Boy, in that doesn't seem right. possible, yeah. does it? That's yeah. right. So, and yeah. uh, where else? We've got... Uh, uh, got father quint coming to the cathedral right oh yes father yep. quint's coming to the cathedral and um monsignor toll is headed to saint joseph so the key, key west. west not the word yeah i, I keep bum. wanting to saint joseph the <laughs> the slacker yeah, yeah. why joseph. do they do that yeah. saint joe key west yeah. so yep. saint joseph key west and uh the basilica who is, yeah. uh, I've got that on the list, but who's, who's the coming That's Father there? Father Chris Podaski, and he is an awesome priest. Uh, so the Basilica is getting a great priest there. Mm-hmm. And I think, did someone tell me that the Father Phil from, Father Philip from Ghana, who's been at Res, is going out to the Basilica? Is that right? I can't confirm that, but I thought I heard that, that sounds... the other day. So they will have Father Chris Podaski and Father Philip. Right. Um, so yeah, there's so yeah. there's some priest moves moves happening. So that's that's exciting. And we are blessed to have all of those priests. I especially want to thank all of our retired priests who mm-hmm. are anything but retired. Uh, two come to mind because I see them frequently: Father Ardell Barda and Monsignor James Miller. Uh, I think these guys are uh, busier now. Um, and ever so generous getting up for very early masses and, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing here. So we've got about a minute left here. We, let's say a couple of prayers for all of our new priests, all of our uh, journeyman priests that are being moved and called to do ever more with, uh, with fewer resources. But we've got some great young priests, some great journeymen, and the, and the, and the retired new, priests. And the, new de- and the new deacons, you know, mm-hmm. so... Who's the, we didn't mention them. I don't have. A, do you know the the two, two. new transitional deacons? Yes. Um, that's Casey K- yeah. and Jeff? Casey Fleck and mm, is it Jeff? Yes. Yes. Jeff. I can't think of his Freeland name. Freeland is a Free- something like that. Yeah. We've just murdered their names. So here. sorry. Yeah. Doing that we'll get it right by the time they're a priest. Yeah. Let's pray for <laughs> okay. all of them, and for our beloved Archbishop. Michael Jekylls, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Good Success, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're in the chatterbox. This is episode 50. Tune in again next week. We love you. <laughs>